BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two live on Friday morning. Kevin Walsh joined by Donnie Wrightside. And for this show, we're going with the Denver Broncos versus the San Francisco 49ers for Game of the Week. One reason is this is a Super Bowl preview, according to my preseason predictions. Mm. Another reason is everybody's favorite head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, is in prime time. And lastly, Jimmy Garoppolo is starting once again for the San Francisco 49ers. The Denver Broncos are a home underdog versus Jimmy G, catching a slight one and a half. The total for this game continuing to fall, sitting now at 44 and a half. Broncos Niners, according to yours truly, a Super Bowl preview on Sunday Night Football. At least we're going to get to see him play heads up here on Sunday Night Football. Not too sure if that is going to be an actual Super Bowl preview because there's another smart, I mean, a real smart guy. Like, hey, you know what, man? Bill's, Bill's uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, in two weeks, check back in with that smart guy because he might be able to readjust those numbers and still be able to get away with it where this guy over here, K-Dub, won't be able to do that. Now, mm-hmm. this game Sunday night, I'm actually looking forward to this. Jimmy Garoppolo inserted, and I start this off all week long talking about it's very interesting where a starting quarterback goes down And maybe your prognosis on the season actually rises where they might have a chance to do something. But I also counter that same question is, what was the reason why Trey Lance was drafted to the San Francisco 49ers? They gave up multiple draft picks here because they thought he was the future. Because they didn't think Jimmy Garoppolo was good enough to get them over the hump. So then they're going to talk themselves back into, sure, Jimmy Garoppolo can do that. But he actually can do it on Sunday Night Football. And also, if you look at some of the practice reports coming out of Denver, it's pretty lengthy on some of these players being banged up. We don't know if Jerry Judy is going to come back this week. Went out to practice on Wednesday, didn't practice. Went out to practice, Kevin, on Thursday, still didn't practice. Banged up rib injury, which could really hurt. So if I'm looking at what I've seen over the first two weeks of the season, you sort of take that one game out in Chicago. Again, with Trey Lance, Monsoon, they lose that game. I thought they looked pretty good last week going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, we don't have a lot of faith in the Seahawks that they're a very good football team or what that game would have been a measuring stick because it wasn't. But the defense didn't give up a single point. So if I'm going to get that talented lineup on defense for the San Francisco 49ers, a banged-up offense for the Denver Broncos, and seemingly like Russell Wilson hasn't found his footing just yet, keep in mind, the Houston Texans had them on the ropes at home last week where continuously boos were raining down from the Denver Broncos fan mm-hmm. base onto the field because their coach wasn't ready for primetime action. If you're looking at betting this football game, usually it's just the quarterbacks. I like Russell Wilson over Jimmy Garoppolo. I get that. But my goodness, what a coaching mismatch here this week and apparently between Kyle Shanahan and Nathaniel Hackett. I actually like the San Francisco 49ers or K-Dub on the road against the Denver Broncos. I'm not trusting the Broncos just yet here. This was supposed to be a perfect set of circumstances. Both of these teams would be 2-0. and Trey Lance would be coming in, firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And one of them would go to 3-0, and right? Be like, oh, look how good they are. And the other, like, ah, they lost to a good team. Don't worry about it. And then they both lost their opening game as six-and-a-half point favorites, which threw things uh, completely yep. up in the air. 
And now Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And I've been asking Nate Hackett to be fired back-to-back weeks, although now I might be in Nate Hackett's corner. It's wild how the winds can turn. But this spot specifically points me in only one direction. The radio audience is here on a Friday morning, the early line on Sirius XM Channel 159, talking Broncos Niners. And it's towards the Denver Broncos. Home field advantage matters, people. It just does. Do you think the Niners would be laying near a touchdown in San Fran to Russell Wilson? I certainly don't. I understand that the game versus the Texans, we wanted more. They struggled again inside the 10-yard line. I trust Russ to figure that out. Anybody with an honest heart will agree they should have beat the Seattle Seahawks by about 500 points. I know they didn't, Mm -hmm. but they should have. And by the way, this Denver defense hasn't allowed a touchdown now since the first half of that game against the Seattle Seahawks. It's a very talented defense here. Jimmy Garoppolo's going to throw you one. I promise you he will. That's Jimmy G. It's great now. I picked the Niners to win the NFC, and I get to slander them left, right, and center thanks to Garoppolo being back under center. For me, I think this is a spot to trust Russell Wilson as a home underdog, Donnie. I really do. Quickly here on the props. Last week, Jerry Judy injured. Cortland Sutton goes over 100 yards receiving. I think it's pretty simple. If Jerry Judy's out, Sutton, Sutton, Sutton. Where are you looking in the props market for this game? Yeah, props, it's going to be tough because usually, you know, we like to bet over in the prop market. Do you see Jimmy Garoppolo going on the road, as you said, against a very good Denver defense and throwing the lights out there? I don't think so. Russell Wilson, I still think he's going to be more measured in this game. That's why this lumber is listed at under two points, minus one and a half for the 49ers with a total of 44 and a half. I got to tell you, maybe your guy Debo Samuel can buy like Saturday or Sunday morning. Can we get some props on Debo Samuel's rushing? Because now that Trey Lance mm-hmm. is out, you got to lean even more on your playmakers. That's Debo Samuel. Give me a rushing prop for him or certainly in any time touchdown market on Debo Samuel. That's where I'd be looking. Not high on the quarterbacks right now. Wide receivers, yeah, a little bit on both sides I do like, but obviously Debo's that combo running back wide receiver I'm interested in. I would also just take the look at Jeff Wilson. Eli Mitchell ended up on injured reserve. Jeff Wilson last week receives 18 carries for over 80 yards on the ground. The tough spot, though, was Tyrion Davis-Price received 14 carries. He's out. If you get 20-plus touches for Jeff Wilson, Mm. that's a number you're going to want to take part in, no doubt. Pause in the NFL. We go to college football next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Friday Night Lights College Football is on 
tonight. We'll get to a couple of these games, and then we'll get to some of the big games as well. I just want to make a quick shout-out to Moneyline, which is today, 1 p.m. Eastern, myself and Donnie, led by Donnie. DRS, our number one. We're going full mm. college football to set it up for the people. Yeah, CFB, a lot of interesting games this week and a lot of fun markets, too, because many times, Kevin, most people say, well, there's not any number two versus four or five versus eight. Sometimes those bottom-level teams, you can have a lot of fun mm -hmm. with and win some money. So we're certainly going to cover that through an entire hour on Moneyline, the first hour of Moneyline. We got you covered, man. No doubt about it. And hour number two, we'll get right back to the NFL. We take your calls all the time. Be a part of the gang and hit us up on Sports Grid Radio. With that being said, two games from tonight's slate I definitely think worth mentioning. Syracuse versus Virginia. If I'm not mistaken, Donnie, Virginia was the ACC yes. uh, total you were looking at. I could, yes. I, I'm pretty sure you never would have thought they would have showed up here versus the Syracuse Orange, <laughs> catching nearly double digits. But Syracuse is off to a fantastic start. 3-0, 3-0 against the spread as well, Sean Tucker, Garrett Schrader leading this offense, a wild comeback victory versus Purdue last week. Lower total considering college football at 53 and a half. Anything you see here with Syracuse versus Virginia? Yeah, it is interesting. And also talking about the season long where you figured that Virginia probably would be at that 2 and one marker, but Syracuse is one of those games you probably thought was a little bit more of a toss-up, not taking a look at, you know, the two teams with the actual, you know, line for the game as we're coming in around double digits here. 53 and a half, certainly a doable number. But the interesting part for Virginia is the reason why I bet them, Kevin, was the quarterback and the wide receivers. Now, a little bit banged up at the wide receiver position, but come on now. 17.7 points per game here for a college football team throwing for 236. I mean, they do have some decent running stats at 186, but I think the more surprising team here between those two would be Syracuse pulling up at a 3-0 number. One of those teams that we were basically laughing off of the gridiron last year, but I have to stick to what's yeah. right here. And when I thought preseason, I'll take the points here with the Virginia Cavaliers. Yeah, I think it's understandable, right? Sometimes the number goes too far, and I think you could argue that that's the case here. One narrative in this game is Jason Beck, who was a big part of everything Brendan Armstrong was able to do last year, now with Syracuse as their quarterback's coach and has really helped elevate Garrett Schrader. A number I'm very interested in, though, is the passing prop for Brendan Armstrong. As we sit here early morning, it's 237 and a half. Now, he has not been off to a start that anyone could have imagined. Last year, Donnie averaged 404 passing yards per game, yeah. had over 335 in 10 of 11. Mm -hmm. How did we get to 237 and a half? Well, it's been struggle city here, okay? He's averaging under 240 yards per game. It was held to a buck 80 versus Illinois. However, he's actually thrown for over 237.5 in two of three games. The game script here could have them passing. There's a world where this number has gone too far against Brennan Armstrong, and you can get over this number. Aiden O'Connell last week into over 400 yards versus this Syracuse defense. I also want to bring up Air Force and Nevada. Mm -hmm. Air Force laying 23.5 points with a total at 45.5. It shows that this is supposed to be a dominant Air Force performance here in a Mountain West matchup for the Falcons versus the Wolfpack. Do you see any value in this game? I got to tell you, if you're trying to take a look at sides where you think, oh, Air Force can probably run it up on the ground. You take a look at the first two games of the season, Kevin, 582 yards on the ground as they opened up against Northern Iowa. Then take on a Division One opponent here in Colorado and rack up 479. But how about the struggles against Wyoming? Only 171 yards on the ground last week. The reason I bring this up is we know Air Force wants to run the football. Take a look at Nevada here, 3.6 yards against per rush for their defense. That's not one of those. You usually want to see like, oh boy, they're giving up what? Maybe five or six yards and then you can really pound into them. I'll take the points in this game here. Air Force is going to win this football game, but I think it might be a little bit closer because maybe Nevada doesn't play as bad a rushing defense as you would need in order for Air Force to run up the score. I am going to look to an Air Force team total. Last week's loss and, and struggles versus Wyoming were not as surprising as the pregame numbers would have indicated. Just look at some of the history here. Air Force has not won at Wyoming since 2012. They are also 0-3 in their last road openers and 2-9 in their last 11 Mountain West 
openers. This is a spot versus Wyoming where they have been awful. Well, now we get back to normal. First two games, 40-plus points. One of those versus a Power 5 team in Colorado. I know Colorado stinks, but so does Nevada. Nevada just gave up 27 points to Iowa. That's converted to about 57 points when you allow the Hawkeyes to score 27. It's a 34-and-a-half year for Air Force. I think they run all over Nevada. Can Nevada find a couple of points and cover a 23-and-a-half point line? Maybe so, but I like Air Force to get to 35-plus points here versus the Wolfpack and go over their team total. UTEP and Boise State are in action, by the way. Both teams have been pitiful against the number. Could be a full stay-away spot for some. I want to bring up some key games, though, for the weekend, Donnie, and one that I'm sure you're super interested in. Your boys from last year, Wake Forest, are playing against Clemson at home, catching seven and a half points. I think that's a strong line for the Clemson Tigers. What do you think here, big ACC game? It should be a fun one to watch play out, too, because when you take a look at the total here, we're expecting that to be in the mid-50s, and rightfully so. Even though we looked at Clemson and say, DJ Uyunglele, hey, what's going on here? They're still putting up numbers in that points column. Now, whether it's on the quarterback for throwing for 300 yards a game and four touchdowns, they're doing it a little bit differently, but still scoring up here. And Sam Hartman, we know, going to give it his all at this point. One of the more talented quarterbacks in the ACC that we might not even have thought he was even going to take a snap this year when you get that preseason call where, hey, you know what? We're running some tests here. We'll let you know when it gets better. Looked like that was going to be lost. I don't know if they can pull off this upset. And quite frankly, the number sticking around a touchdown does make some sense. But the one thing I do know is Wake Forest is going to go up tempo. Wake Forest is an offense that can score. It's just up to Clemson to return that favor. And if DJU plays a decent football game, Kevin, they should mm-hmm. go over the total in this one. I'm looking for an offense between these two. Both of these teams with a legitimate chance to approach the high 20s, which gives you an honest shot at that total in the mid-50s. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Last year, what was the narrative around Clemson, right? Can't score a lick. They scored 48 mm-hmm. points yeah. versus Wake Forest last season. Yeah. Wake just gave up 36 to Liberty. Both games played by Sam Hartman have gone over the listed yep. total. Clemson coming off a phenomenal over uh, versus La Tech, which, by the way, we mentioned on College Football Today. Make sure you check into that. Me, Ben Stevens, and Joe Lisi tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. start time right here on SportsGrid. I I tend to agree. I think the points are really valuable. It's a tough number to lay with Clemson. If their offense sputters, they could be on upset alert. Also, you just feel like Wake will have the back door open all game long. I also wanted to mention Maryland, Michigan, for this reason. Mm -hmm. If you look right now, Michigan has just been otherworldly dominant. Their scores in the first half of their three opening games here combined is 107 to 0. 107 to 0. But they've been playing really bad teams. Maryland is 3 and 0 with an awesome win against SMU last week here, Donnie. First real challenge for Harbaugh and his Wolverines. Yeah, and also when you're taking a look at Michigan, what do they want to do, Kevin? Run the football, whether it's their quarterback or their tailback quorum. 3.3 yards per rush given up by Maryland. That should keep them in this ballgame. And also, the 50-point numbers, they're probably going to come to an end because the first three games, as you pointed out for Michigan, you couldn't have scripted it any better, any worse for the level of competition. And sometimes when you finally get a team that might be able to punch back, you need a little bit of adversity. Michigan hasn't had any adversity just yet here. Maybe leaning on the points is a smart move to make sure we see if this is a real Michigan team or just a fake Michigan team that's just running it up against horrendous football programs mm-hmm. here, Kevin. I, I think we will find out. And I also just wanted to mention, because I love this about college football, Blake Corum scored five touchdowns last week. His anytime mm. touchdown score number is minus 470. Mm. Cheap price on Corum to find the end zone. We're back to the NFL next SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Coming to you live from a very chilly New York studio. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wrightside. DRS, I got to tell you, it's freezing in here. Are, is, is, is that what time of year it is now? Is it just cold out? It is. Too early or is it cold life. in there because Rick Haro was in that spot yesterday? Is that why it's chilly? Uh, you know what? I think his contract mandates a temperature below 70 degrees at all times. So it's a good point by you. <laughs> we don't we don't want to even get into those contract stipulations. That's a lengthy, My tea lengthy is list. Not warm enough this morning. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna hear about that one, pal. Uh -oh. Let's talk about some teams that are not covering some numbers, and that is the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. The spread was a field goal that you were able to get on Carolina. It's dropped now to two and a half. Look at this total. Ugh. Forty and a hook. Disgusting. Both of these teams, Donnie, are 0-2 against the spread. But Carolina's 0-2 straight up. Any chance you're going to back Baker and the boys? I don't think I'm going to back anybody in this game, to be honest with you. It seems like there's one of those games each and every week, Kevin, where you take a look at the Saints, and you know what? There yeah. might be some better options before I even dig in. Like, where are we going in the props market here? Christian McCaffrey, the Julio Jones of the running back position, who seemingly, through two weeks now, can't even get back on the practice field. Then you say, oh, how about Alvin Kamara? Missed last week. Do you trust him this week? Him being banged up as well. A quarterback that has back fractures in his back for the New Orleans Saints. And oh, yeah, then there's Baker Mayfield on the other side, a plus two. Two and a half, you sort of mix it all together, and that's what you get. It's one that I'm not all that excited for here, but if we're looking team by team, it just seems now, are we at the point where it's just a trust level? Do you think the Saints might be a little bit better prepared to take on the Carolina Panthers? Because there's such a wild card here. The talent is there for the Panthers on offense to do some really good things. Mm -hmm. But now you're running back that you wanted to be healthy this year, maybe not so healthy here. Matt Rule really feeling the squeeze right now at this point where it's do or die time or else. He might not have a job in three to four weeks to even finish out the 2022 season. For me, it still feels like the New Orleans Saints should be the right play because I think I'm getting a more honest approach and effort from them where the Carolina Panthers are just too much of a wild card for me at this point, Kevin. So the issue for me is, while I understand Carolina has not, I mean, cashed in on some opportunities early season, right? Narrowly beating mm -hmm. the Cleveland Browns in the game, all, game long versus the New York Giants, their point differential is better than the New Orleans Saints. It's narrow. My point, though, yeah. is Carolina's disappointments are relative you know at this point in the year donnie and i have each given out two money line dogs as a show mm -hmm. we sit at three and oh it's because i lost in week number one with the atlanta falcons who were up by double digits versus these same new orleans saints i think there's a world you come back to carolina here and you do not trust Jameis winston on the road as a favorite until it shows that he actually deserves that status. Because, by the way, the Saints did win that game. They only won it, though, by a point. There's a world of two and a half points matter in this game. And if it gets back up to three on Carolina, I think you could be in line to trust them as well. There's another game that has a head-to-head -head matchup for a couple of teams. They're not only 0-2 straight up, but 0-2 against the spread, the Titans, and the Raiders. Tennessee is catching one and a half 
to Vegas. So it shows that while both have been disappointing, they believe the Titans have been way more disappointing as a home dog here versus the Raiders. Yeah, it's one of those games where I'm looking at to myself where nobody in their right mind is going to take the Tennessee Titans in this game, right? Not getting enough points here at home. What have they shown you through two weeks? Losing to the Giants at home and getting pasted by the Buffalo Bills. But as I said that, Giants don't look like they're that bad a football team this year. Why? They're 2-0 and in the season. You played them tough at home. You had to lead by double digits at the break. Didn't go your way. Did he stop a two-point conversion at the end of the game? You win that one. And is anybody mad at the Titans going on the road and getting pasted by the Buffalo Bills who look like road graders right now? And also, let's flip it over to the Vegas Raiders. What's so surprising about them here starting the season? They haven't won a football game. Oh, well, if they would have maybe closed out some situations week one against the Chargers, they had a chance to win that game late driving, strip sack fumble to end that football game. And also last week, you had a double-digit lead, quite frankly, what, 20 to nothing lead or whatever it was going up against the Arizona Cardinals, and you lost that game as well. I think Vrabel has the chance to say to them, look, it's two 0-2 teams here. Somebody's season is going to end today. We had higher hopes than the Vegas Raiders coming into the season because we looked at the Raiders' division and said, well, if they're competitive, that's going to be a, you know, a notch on their belt here at this point. But the Titans were actually expected to compete with the Colts for a championship here in the AFC South. I'm going to go ahead and take the, the uh, Titans in this game. I think they might be better equipped just to hand the football to get off. Also, take a look at the wide receiver position. Hunter Renfro might be missing this game with concussion issues that he suffered mm. on that fumble in extras last week when they went to overtime. So I'm going to lean on it. I'm going to take a contrarian point of view where everybody seems to be lining up on the Vegas Raiders. I'm going to take the Titans at home here to win this game outright. It's actually a game where you and I talked about this throughout the week, and I felt the same way as you. Great spot to back Tennessee. It's been ugly here. But the injury situation has me a little concerned. Taylor Lewan are injured mm-hmm. in that game versus yeah. Buffalo. I'd be stunned if he plays. In this. I don't know if he plays again this season. Certainly, I don't think he plays here. The strength for Vegas is their pass rush. Now, now, Vegas has not earned my trust, though, especially West Coast to this early East Coast start as well. I probably get gun-shy and just trust the props market here. How do you not back Devontae Adams? Over 83 and a half receiving yards when you watch what Stefan Diggs did in this game versus Tennessee. Daniel Jones, by the way, while not excellent in that opening game, Sterling Shepard had a monster, monster catch that went for over 60 yards and put him at 71 for the game. Devontae Adams having a big game after, by the way, look at that box score versus Arizona. From a yardage perspective, well underneath your typical Devontae Adams expectations. I think you've got a bounce back spot here for him at 83 and a half. I also would bet his touchdown score, two problems, one minus 145, a little bit high, and maybe more importantly, players just don't score every game. He scored in each of the first two. Maybe he will score every game. It's just a little bit too much to trust for me. How about the Vikings and the Lions here, DRS? Really fun game to break down because... Detroit is is getting a lot of respect from people across the landscape right now, and primarily their offense. There are two games that are priced at 52.5. One involves the Buffalo Bills, the Super Bowl favorites, the MVP Mm -hmm. favorite Josh Allen, this unbelievable Miami offense, and the second involves the Detroit Lions, who are 2-0 to the over. They go up against the Minnesota Vikings here, catching 5.5 points. The Lions are also 2-0 against the spread, do you think they can make it 3-0? I don't. I, I think they can. I really do. Because I'm not all that. It's not to say I'm not high on Minnesota where they can't bounce back. They ran into a buzzsaw in the Philadelphia Eagles, took a beat down. But the week before that, they played very well against the Green Bay Packers. They're back in their own building, Kevin, as you say it many times, and you're right in the NFL. Home field advantage, home field advantage matters. And being in that dome in Minnesota, it really matters. They play better football there, which is what you're supposed to do. Back on the turf where that team's built for speed. Justin Jefferson at wide receiver. Dalvin Cook in the backfield. But there's something about Detroit, which we love. Bad defense, aggressive offense, and ultra-aggressive on special teams. They play to win the game, which is fantastic, which means you're going for it on fourth down. You're faking punts with, again, whether or not you get it or not is a good thing here for the total, typically. Now, if we're trying to line Mm -hmm. these two teams and where it makes sense, how about this? I know it's only two games into the season. Both defenses, Kevin, giving up over five yards per rush, which means Dalvin Cook should have a good day. Swift, if he's healthy enough to play in this game, or Williams, the backup running back. We know Detroit wants to run the football, and both of those teams 
should do it effectively. But also, look at the defenses here. 273 yards per game giving up in the air here for Detroit. 275 for Minnesota. Everything points to two of these offenses, and maybe one of the more unheralded offenses, because you say, well, who do they have at wide receiver? Well, I'm going to bring up a wide receiver there in just a few moments here, and I'm on St. Brown, who you're probably going to mm-hmm. like this weekend. At least I'm going to like, but also on the opposite side, legitimate wide receivers with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Two offenses that should be able to get after against two vulnerable defenses. And you know what I'm not worried about? Hey, a field goal kicker is going to line up. That wind's blowing 20 miles an hour. Or, whoa, it's really hot today, really cold. It's in a dome. We're going to be fine. And by the way, last time I checked, both of these teams' home fields are in domes. This one's going over. I'll tell you, you mentioned Amra St. Brown, and I know you're going to get to yeah. him a little bit. He's going yes, for sir. a record game of eight-plus catches. I think it would be his ninth yeah. consecutive game. If his reception prop is seven and a half or lower, it's probably a principle play. Detroit, to me, Dan Campbell, feels like a team that will make sure one of their young stars can get a record. And you might say, oh, they're going to do that at the risk of losing. In what world is throwing the football 14 times to Amros St. Brown putting the Lions in a position to lose? With that being said, I do like Minnesota in the game here at five and a half. I think what they did in week number one, where people will go, whoa, this team needs to be favored in the division, has now been completely kicked down the road because of what Minnesota did in week number two. It's Kirk Cousins. He was in prime time. Unless they flex this game to Sunday night football, he should be fine. Justin Jefferson has historically dominated the Detroit Lions. And also, I think now, because of the win over the Commanders, the Lions are being forgiven the fact that they were trailing the Eagles 38-21. to They were getting smashed in that football game. That is the scary thing about the Lions. Minnesota in the first half. If you can get to two and a half, right now it's three and a half. The hook, it could matter. Maybe you get to a flat three. But Minnesota in the first half, and try not to deal with any of the backdoor Lions specials that do always mm. seem to arise. We have three more games we have to get to. Seahawks-Falcons, Bears-Texans, and Justin Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence. What can you trust in that game? Plus our pick six for week number three. It's Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside live right here on SportsGrid. We'll be back after this quick break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's keep things moving here. We've got a lot to get to and not enough time. Right now, we're going to start with the Chargers and the Jaguars game. LA's laying seven here at home. Mini buy, which has probably been massive considering the conversation around Justin Herbert and his ribs. Here's how I'm seeing this, Donnie. Herbert's going to play. I do not trust for a second that he is right. It keeps me off the total completely. It's Jacksonville or nothing for me in this spot. How about you? 
It's it's very hard, too, because you have a full slate of games. There's nobody on the bye week. So for me to factor in and say to myself, boy, I really like the Chargers in this one, and they get through a first quarter where it's apparent that you know, Herbert's not all there, can't throw the football as yeah. effectively as we can. But at the same time, we saw last week where he rolled out of the pocket, threw the football way into the ground with plenty of room to run, and then threw an absolute laser beam 40 yards down the field for a first down or fourth down, which led to a scoring drive there for the Chargers. So it is a tough one to get behind. But it's not so much for me about the Chargers, because I do think their defense is going to come to play. Elite defensive ends, they'll get pressure on Jacksonville. But Jackson just Jacksonville has that same vibe to me as maybe even a better version, if you will, of the Detroit Lions. The talent is there. A head coach that's going to put him in the right positions here, as he likes to say, as a uh, disciple of Andy Reid to put guys in, you know, see where we're going to do it. I can't trust the over touchdown at this point, but it's one of those games, Kevin, I probably won't be betting because the Chargers are talented. They're more talented, and they're at home, that long distance of traveling 3,000 miles out to play. But again, if my quarterback isn't 100%, how can you effectively mm-hmm. take it? Also, Keenan Allen is going to be in this football game. So maybe a little bit of right. tone where that line sits at a touchdown, leaning towards the road team here, the Jacksonville Jaguars. But having said that, probably won't be making a wager on this game. No props up yet either because we're waiting for the Herbert news as well. And here's the thing. If you remember, you know, Herbert, right, he takes the hit. He came back in. He got hit again, and he looked like he was just going to lay there and be like, look, just someone carry me off this field. Last week, the Jags sacked Matt Ryan five times. They might hit yeah. Justin Herbert, and he's out of this game. So unless you're betting unders on Herbert props, I don't think you can be touching those. One interesting thing last week, James Robinson, 23 carries compared to just nine for Travis Etienne. They're, might, they, they're probably going to get creative with ETN, but James Robinson looks like he has earned a, a well better than 50% of the share of the backfield carries. Certainly has implications in the props market. The Falcons are going to be bouncing around here with this line and Seattle. It's going to be near pick. The money line will be accessible no matter who you like in this game. Seahawks, Falcons, very low total at 41 and a half. For me, DRS... I just keep coming back to, I don't want to buy too much into it, but I keep coming back to week number one and the power of the home field advantage for the Seattle Seahawks. You know, if you're with us on the television side and you see our game board here, sometimes I wonder if our graphics producer, Steve, leaves little uh, hidden messages. You'll see the 12 flag underneath kind of the game odds there. And I kind of think that could be the deciding factor here in this game. It's not that I'm in love with Geno Smith or anything necessarily we've seen from Seattle. It's just that if you took that game that they played in week one versus Denver and moved it to literally any other place in the world, I think Denver wins by double digits. That home field advantage mattered so much. I don't see why it can't matter again versus two pretty bad football teams here. I lean towards Seattle because they're home. Yeah, it's a tough one on the side. It really is, because if I'm looking at both of these teams, I actually like Atlanta a little bit better if it was a neutral site than I do like the Seattle Seahawks. Trust the quarterback a little bit more. Talking about Marcus Mariota over Geno Smith. Just trust the whole offensive structure here. And they're playing hard under Arthur Smith. You should have could have saw last week where they almost had a chance to upset the Rams on the road in week one. You should have actually beaten the New Orleans Saints at that point. So they're coming in 0-2 with Seattle's 1-1, a little bit of a mirage. But both of, both of these defenses do struggle stopping the run. Atlanta, 4.8 yards per carry on defense. Seattle, 4.5. Both of these teams do want to run from the football. And also, look at the back end here. Passing yards per attempt, 7.2 for Atlanta's defense, 7.8 for Seattle's defense. So maybe instead of looking at a side here, I think both of these offensive game plans should open up. Now, Atlanta, I trust, can actually move the football. What were we going to be getting here? Because we saw everybody say, oh, my gosh, look at Geno Smith is awesome. Look, he threw for 200 yards in week one and just held on for dear life in the second half. And then they don't even score an offensive point on the road against, I mean, granted, a very good San Francisco defense, but that's sort of disrespectful here. I actually like Atlanta in this spot. Betting-wise, I want to pull the trigger, and that's where I'm lining up. But I just feel like I trust Atlanta a little bit more. But you're right. The 12s at home is very tough here. This might be a different environment if this game was week 15 and Seattle was already out of the playoffs. But the fans Mm -hmm. should still be excited for this game and get involved. I'm actually looking more towards a total, even though I think Seattle stinks on offense. Atlanta doesn't pose much of a resistance there on their back end. Maybe we get some points in this game, and 42 isn't a high number. Maybe I'll go that way. 
Keep your eyes on Drake London in the receiving yards market. 74 game number one last week. 12 targets, 8 catches, 86 yards. Numbers probably going to be in the mid-50s for the rookie out of USC. Last one, Justin Fields versus Davis Mills. Fantastic. These teams should play every week. Low total, it's 40 and a half. The Bears are 2.5 point favorite here. I'm really interested in this game. I, I can't lie to you. The Love Texans it. are 2-0 and against the number to start this season. The Bears with a tough performance on Sunday night football against the Green Bay Packers. But I did think they were a little more competitive in that game than the scoreline suggests. Do you have a lean here in Chicago, Houston? This game's actually going to appear in my pick six twice here on different ways. And Whoa, if we're looking at games, how many, many times, times? Yeah, how many times today, Kevin, that actually break down these football games by going, look, this team's not going to come in and say, let's slow it down and see what we can do. Trust me, Houston and Chicago, they're both coming into this game to slow it down and see what they can do, which is why that line is hovering around the three-point range. And quite frankly, Chicago not getting a lot of respect. Why? Because Houston should have won opening day versus mm. the Colts. Houston had a lead against the Denver Broncos in Denver in week two. It's one of those teams where you're not trusting necessarily Kevin to win football games, but sometimes all you need them to be there is with a legitimate chance in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I think Houston has a chance to do that. Now, the points looking at 40 40 and a half 41 in that range there's not going to be a lot of explosive plays in this game overall for me so I do look towards the under here but Houston is my team down in the AFC South so when they're playing Chicago who I've slandered quite a bit I gotta ride with my boys from the Texans that's understandable you know that uh, Justin Fields is look we respect Justin Fields in this house have you seen his passing prop for the game Oh, it, no. it's it's gonna it's gonna blow you're just gonna blow your mind it might it's principal play season people 176 and a half yards for justin fields passing yardage prop 176 and a half no it doesn't seem high he's on it don he's only thrown for 191 this season like you're hardly over that number through two games i gotta bet justin that guy fields threw over 70 the yards number. man <laughs> He threw for 70 yards in his last game. Well, that's unbelievable. Leave him alone. Man. Leave him alone. They only let him throw the ball 11 times. What do you want well, him to do? Think he's a DB? What is it out there? I mean, he, he might. Someone, someone get him on. He, yeah. yeah get I mean, him a linebacker. Probably, him Roquan would be nasty. Yeah. Yeah, run the read option together at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, we got time for the pick six. Oh, this is going to be a classic Kevin squeeze out. Yeah. I'll be lucky to get in it. Two of these Should be pick sixes, much, much less the whole thing. Uh, talk to me, Donnie. We've got six of them. Touchdown score, money line dog, under, alt line, yards prop, teaser game. How do you see it? Yeah, let's have some fun in this one, too. Touchdown score. Let's go in a little bit off. A guy that has scored in seven of his last eight games and is an absolute target monster on a team that can move the football, the Detroit Lions. How about Amon Ross St. Brown at only a plus? That tells you. He's a plus 105. Usually see that name. Oh, give me plus 250 or 300 or higher. No, he is going to be a legitimate threat. He'll score this weekend. I'm going to cash that. Now, also, 2-0 on the season already. I like to take some pretty good shots here on money line. Now, we're looking here at the Colts at a plus 200 prize. Donnie, no way the Colts are going to win this game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Trust me on this. Sometimes it is hard to take an upset winner for a dog, but the reason why you get those prices are most people don't want to bet those sides, but you got to look inside the numbers here. It's a do-or-die game for the Indianapolis Colts. Donnie, you're crazy opening day to take the Chicago Bears against the 49ers. I did that. Also last week, you're crazy. What do you think? The Colts are going to lose, you know, and go unwinless to the first two games? Yeah, they lost 24 nothing last week and a plus 166 price up in the ante here for the Colts at plus 200. The under game just talked about it. Bears, Texans, three yards and a cloud of dust incoming here. That game will end up in the 30s. I'll catch that under 40 and a half. The Bengals getting right here at a minus nine and a half against the New York Jets at a plus 138 price. If they win this, I do think they quote unquote get right and they can win this by double digits and cash in that nice ticket. Marcus Mariota's rushing prop, which is not up yet, going up against a defense, which I just don't trust in the Seattle Seahawks. We'll be part of that game plan. He might even approach close to 10 rushes for me in this game, so I'll cash that ticket. And then the teasers game, the Texans at eight and a half. They're going to play close. I actually think there's a legitimate chance they win this game, but I'll take the points at the eight and a half to hold up my end of the bargain here on the teasers, Kevin. Pick six, your time. Let's go. Uh, and by the way, again, I have to hold up my end of the teaser this week. That's way too early in the Whew. season to hand out a loser like Man. I did last week. Now, 
Uh, entirely Ron Rivera's fault and not mine. If you go for two the first time, you have to go for it again. That's how that that's how that works. You don't go for two, not get it, and then kick. It's just absolute madness from Ron Rivera. With that being said, we've got a touchdown score to start this off, and it's Damian Pierce at a plus 155. Giving some love to Donnie's Texans here. The Bears have allowed a rushing touchdown in each of the first two games, and we saw Damian Pierce receive all of the carries last mm. week for the Texans' backfield. Not a single rush attempt for Rex Burkhead. Trust that workload. Damian Pierce at a nice price at plus 155. More plus money. The money line dog is the Carolina Panthers. Better point differential than the New Orleans Saints to start this season. They have been competitive right there. Home field advantage should matter. We tried to fade Jameis Winston in this spot in week number one in the same exact spot, and we were very, very close to cashing. This week, Carolina gets it done and beats Jameis Winston at home. Under, Commanders, Eagles, under 47 and a half. And this has a lot to do with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they're going to be able to run all over Washington in this game as their run defense has been pitiful. And I think the Eagles defense is not being given enough credit here. When you see this total, that was a group that held the Minnesota Vikings and that high-powered offense to just seven points last week. And I know you might say, oh, they gave up 35 to Detroit. One, Detroit is solid. And two, the Eagles took their foot off the gas. I don't think they do that here in division versus their former quarterback in Carson Wentz. Alt-line, Principal play. It hits the notes. It's what it has to be. It's over 44 and a half in Bucks Packers. It's Tom Brady. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's 45 points. And here's one little note for you. Tom Brady averages 30.9 points per game at home as a Tampa Bay Buck. Let's not lose sight of the fact that this is the home opener for Tampa. Even though they're banged up, I think their offense can have a really solid game here versus Green Bay. Yards prop. Justin Jefferson receiving yards. Looks like the number's 98 and a half. Don't worry. Our trends were prepared for that. Jefferson versus the Lions last season. Seven catches for 124 yards. 11 catches for 182 yards. He has five games last season with under 70 receiving yards. In four of the five following games, he went for 100-plus. Last week, sub-50 versus the Birds. Jefferson bounces back in a big way here versus Detroit. Lastly, teaser game. Russell Wilson plus 7.5 at home. Do not miss out on an opportunity to trust Russ here. He has played in 79 career home games. Five of them. Five of them he has lost by eight or more. Not happening here versus the Niners. They're going to win that game outright. That is the pick six. Nearly out of time, but just enough time to make sure that you listen up as Donnie closes out the week right here on the Early Block. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
All right, final segment of a football Friday here on the Sports Grid Network. The early line, Sirius XM Channel 159, Donnie Wrightside and Kevin Wallace carrying you through from 7 to 9 a.m. before we hand it over to Ben Stevens and the morning after and the rest of your Sports Grid day. What an exciting time it is because the NFL is on the horizon with a full slate on Sunday. Obviously, college football carries the day tonight and also on Saturday with Major League Baseball sprinkled in. But my goodness here, usually we're talking about players changing teams, where they're going to go next year. We're only through week two. But how about this? There's a head football coach out there that some people might be tanking in order to get. Maybe? Listen up. NFL teams tanking for Sean Payton. Could it be true? Both myself and Kevin Walsh out on the West Coast before the Super Bowl with the grid. We got to interview Sean Payton. Should have asked him where he was going at that time because apparently there was something cooking in the works where Tom Brady and Sean Payton would have wound up in Miami as that would be his next coaching place for a massive salary. He's going to be able to pick and choose wherever he wants to go. But my goodness, if you're trying to line up some of the teams here that, as I jokingly say, could be tanking for Sean Payton as opposed to tanking for Trevor Lawrence, which was the case for the Jacksonville Jaguars not too long ago, the one team that continues to come to mind, which is a perfect fit, he's been there before, that's the Dallas Cowboys. And my goodness, if the Dallas Cowboys are able to secure Sean Payton here with that offense to get it rolling. And let's also take a look at the rest of the NFC East at that point. Brian Dable, who you know I'm extremely high on. What a great head coach. Nick Sirianni getting the job done so far in Philadelphia. If you replace Mike McCarthy with Sean Payton down in Dallas, that's formidable. And then there's always the Washington Commanders and Ron Rivera. But let's just say every single year in the NFL, three, four, five, six, or even seven teams' jobs open up for head coaching positions. Sean Payton's going to be able to pick wherever he wants to go. And whatever that paycheck is, the owner's going to hand it over and say, Sean, just sign how much you need, and we'll take care of it here. Tanking for Sean Payton as opposed to tanking for a player? It could happen in the NFL this offseason. Stay tuned here for Ben Stevens in the morning after. Coming up next on the Sports Grid Network, it's a football Friday, people. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.